Hello and welcome to another episode of the Project Purple Podcast. I'm Dina Varelli, founder and CEO of Project Purple. Today we're back in the studio with a guest that many of you know, our program director for fitness, Vin Camp. Hey Vin, how hey, are you? Good. Thanks for having me on again. Again. Getting me out of my cube. Out of your cube, but we're excited because this podcast is going to be focused on the top 10 things of 2019 for Project Purple. So Vin, are you ready? Ready to go. It's been an exciting year. So a lot to cover, a lot to go over. Special year, special year. So with that, drum roll, please. See, if producer Sam was still here physically in our studio, we could have some sound effects here, but uh, we got to work on that, producer Sam. Drum roll, please. Number 10, top 10 of 2019 is our podcast. So, Vin, second full year of podcasting with Project Purple. It's It's been an exciting ride um, from when it started back in the old office and, you know, just us sitting around a desk there, um, you know, to see it grow. I know from, from my point of view, I've been on a few of them and seeing the guests that you you have brought in from survivor levels to doctor levels to, you know, what's going on in the disease state, um, athletes that we've had on, inspirational stories that have uh, that have been on. I think we're closing in on a hundred hundred shows or a hundred podcasts. So it's been it's been exciting and inspirational to say the least to to be a part of it and to see that growth through the podcast series. Yeah, it's pretty special. I think when I we had the idea to launch the podcast, uh, producer Sam was a big part of that, and uh, you know we I, I think he never really we never really realized where it would go. We just thought it would be a cool concept, and clearly now two years in, we've had you know over uh, close to a hundred episodes. And I was actually just crunching some numbers the other day in terms of like you know what the numbers look like in terms of the the episodes and the podcasts and you know quite frankly um you know it's like a third survivors a third scientists or doctors or clinicians i guess in the disease um you know specializing mostly i mean we have had some people on the podcast that not necessarily are in the pancreatic cancer space but are clinicians and scientists and nutrition and the microbiome. Um, I think we, you know, when we had Mike yeah, when, on, when Mike Malloy was on, yeah, early, early on. So, I mean, we've had, we've had kind of a, a really cool diversity of guests. And then the other third, um, I like to say is just really people of, uh, you know, all walks of life. Um, just not a survivor, not a, not a scientist or a clinician. And, you know, that has ranged pretty wildly from, you know, professional athletes, Olympians, supporters, uh, people who have come through and, and a lot of the staff, you know, and I, I think the one thing that we've tried to do, you know, as, as we've built this thing is just really try to share so many stories of inspiration, whether it was from a survivor or to someone fundraising and having great success and inspiring people to get involved and get engaged. Um, so it's pretty special. So, um, and, and I think one thing that occurred this year that I'll, I'll leave with this and we'll move on to number nine, but it's really special. Um, I met a family that, uh, we had interviewed their dad and I met the daughter and, uh, she might be listening to this. And she thanked me for interviewing her dad. The dad had passed away and I didn't realize that. And I'm like, wow, like, you know, we, we've had so many of these survivors on our podcast 
And even though they're gone, their voice is still heard. And and that just really hit home to me. And that was kind of, you know, the special sauce of, you know, what we're doing here with this podcast, you know, sharing these stories of inspiration and, and, you know, with these survivors and just giving them a platform and giving them the ability to really talk about, you know, what they've gone through and what they're doing. So it's just really, really, uh, really cool to see that happen and, and to have that, uh, family member thank us for doing that, which was like, I was like kind of blown away by it. So it was yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. I remember you telling me that when, uh, you know, when that came up, um, you know, telling me that story and I, I just, just got goosebumps here while you're telling me it again. And, you know, I don't think that's something we thought about when we started it, but, you no. know, unfortunately for these people, you know, that do lose this battle, um, their voice and their stories are still out there. And like you said, that is something special that, you know, that's going to be out there forever now. That's going to be there for other people to listen to and give them inspiration, give them hope, but also, you know, be able to have those memories. And I think that is, you know, something that I don't think we expected from this, um, but is it's a good, you know, thing that has come from it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So moving on, number nine, drum roll, please, Sam. That's a joke, folks. <laughs> no drum roll here, but number nine for 2019 is our five borough bike tour which we are excited we just announced the other day so we've listened you guys have asked i know uh, plenty of people in the past um, who have been involved with project purple and some folks that um, have not been involved with us yet but now hopefully they will be who are bikers uh, we are an official charity partner of the td Five Borough Bike Tour, Vin. So another cool event to do the first weekend of May. First weekend in May, another event on the calendar. Um, and I think it just goes to, you know, for me being here for two years, just the expansion of programs that we've been having. I know we're going to talk about some other ones coming up, um, but this is it's pretty unique. I know on my end, I'm doing a lot of the fitness stuff, but, you know, it gets into that. There's a lot of ways to get involved and build that awareness. And I think this is just the first step in, you know, generating that with a whole different community of bikers. You know, our marathon program has been wildly successful for the you know past 10 years and grown for the past 10 years. I think this is just another avenue that, you know, we're going to be able to attract more people get more eyes, get more participation, and just get that awareness out there and continue to do what we're able to do. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of excited. I mean, that weekend is going to be super busy for us, but we love madness here in the office. Uh, I think we all kind of uh, thrive on that a little bit in terms of just being busy. And um, that's an event that looks really cool. It's the five boroughs in New York City. It's a beautiful time of year. And we are really looking forward to expanding the programs here to allow us to help more people um, with our mission, you know, of, of helping patients through the journey and then also funding some critical research, you know, for the disease prevention and, and hopefully for a cure. So it's exciting. Um, you know, the five borough bike tour happens in New York, as I mentioned, through the five boroughs. And it's really a, a really, you know, looking at this it's a really non-competitive biking event you know for those uh, who have never done this or never heard of it it's not a competitive event it's just simply a, a really amazing journey through the five boroughs um, similar to the marathon in some way where I will say this that you know looking at it you know you go over a lot of bridges and and when you're able to go over bridges whether you're walking running 
or biking with 30,000 plus other friends that you make that day, it's pretty special. And it kind of gives you an interesting perspective on the city and the skyline and everything. It's, It's a really, really cool event. So we're excited to, to be involved with that. Moving on to number eight. Another new addition this year, and and we just announced this, and this is kind of an exciting thing for us, is we are going international, folks. Our first international marathon, Berlin, which happens to also be a world major marathon. So coming in at number eight is the addition of the Berlin Marathon into our marathon program. Yeah, and that was... um... Out of the blue for me. <laughs> I didn't even know Berlin Marathon existed. Um, but, you know, seeing the response from that when we launched it, yeah. I mean, the spots were going like really quick, which is cool to see, um, especially coming from me after I ran Chicago. Um, it, seeing all of the people just want to get more involved. My only thing was that is that it's if I had to run that, I'd have to literally, because I'm still recovering from Chicago, <laughs> I'd have to take a month off of work yeah. like, to get out there, to account, uh, adjust to the timing. But from what I hear, it's a pretty flat course. Is super, that true? Super so, flat, super fast. Um, it holds the world's record, uh, world record in terms of finish time. I think it holds uh, number one, number two, number three, I believe, in terms of finish times for men uh, in the world. So it's a super fat, uh, fast course. Um, it's a large race. It's about 40,000 plus runners. And it is an interesting time of year. It's like September, mid-September um, that the race occurs. And from what I've been told, I've never been there, uh, but it's also a beautiful time of year to be in Berlin. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of cool things with the race, not only just running the race, but you know the country as a whole and access to other countries and having the ability. I know from a lot of people that have done the race that we've talked to, you know, there's this thing called Oktoberfest that happens that time right of year. That same time of year. So run <laughs> so, the marathon and get involved in Oktoberfest. Yeah. So I know a lot of people have gone over for the marathon and then stuck around for Oktoberfest, which is a lot, a lot of fun. So we're looking, we're looking forward to building that program out here and, and have that as an annual event. I think we're almost sold out. So by the time this airs, uh, who knows, we may have a spot or two left. Um, So if people are listening to the podcast and would love the opportunity to run Berlin with us, um, by all means, definitely go to our website, check it out, reach out to us uh, sooner than later, because I I think we are going to sell that program out in its first year, which we're excited about Mm -hmm. to just see the success that we've had and interest with Berlin. So coming in at number eight is the Berlin Marathon. Number seven, it's kind of a special event that occurred this year. And and we've done this now for the second year in a row, but in number seven, top 10 is the ambassador summit. And here at Project Purple, for the listeners at home that don't know this, is we've got a ambassador program here at Project Purple, and this is made up of past participants, uh, some some people who have just joined uh, the Project Purple, as we say, the family here at Project Purple, in terms of engagement, in terms of doing, uh, you know, running crossfitting, fitness, walking, biking. Uh, they come from all walks of life, but 
We've identified some folks that have expressed an interest to help build what we do here in the home office and take that out into their local communities and represent the Project Purple brand. And what we try to do every year is meet with them annually and give them the tools necessary to go out into their communities and communicate the great things that we are doing that they help us do. So our ambassador summit this year was on the front end of the Twin Cities Marathon in Minneapolis, Minnesota, back in the fall. And it was a great event. We had about 15, I believe, ambassadors come in for that event. Yeah, something around there. Um, And it it was great to be a part of, you know, I was able to get out there for that and, and be a part of it. And seeing the passion behind you know, the the people that were able to make it out there and wanting to be involved more you know we always say it that we can't do what we do without our donors our supporters everyone involved and i think that we can you know sum that up a little bit more or just gave it another avenue to take um without those supporters you know we're a staff of five or six you know but without the ambassadors out there they give us that other you know long relief so to say in baseball terms to you know people to get out there and be the foot soldiers and you know have that time to help us expand what we're doing and again we always say it's awareness and you having more people talk about us post about us post about what we're doing it gets more people involved and you know as we you know go through this list it's it's helping us it tremendously Yeah, I I couldn't agree more with that sentiment. And I think, you know, the one thing we did this year was bring in a couple of experts to talk to the ambassadors on how to craft their stories and uh, work with some strategies in terms of effective communication. And and also, I think the great thing about it was, and this is something that we, you know, we do a lot here and for the audience listening at home we've never been opposed to working with other groups um, and sharing those ideas. And I think there's a, there's a thing that I always say is it's not about the ideas, but it's about execution. So, you know, it was great to have all these ambassadors together to share those ideas and and really talk about that execution and how that works and how it should be and and what was effective and what was ineffective. And uh, it's just really, really inspiring to see, how many folks uh, came, uh, they all paid their own way to get there, yeah. uh, which was awesome as well. And, and thank you to everyone for attending. If you're listening, um, it was just a really special weekend. And and for me, I had to run the marathon on that Sunday along with a couple other folks. And there was also a 10 mile race. So it was cool to, to see a lot of the ambassadors jump on and, and run and fundraise and, and be part of not only the ambassador summit, but also the Twin Cities Marathon team that weekend. And so it was really cool to see that and celebrate with those folks and and have everyone in Minneapolis, which for those listening at home, I love Minneapolis. I mean, um, we got to ride time. some third, yeah. time, third time there for me, and it, it's yeah, it's, it's a, a great a, it's a great city. There's so much to do. I mean, the weather was spot on this year. Yeah. I mean, it, it it can get pretty cold, um, similar to here in the Northeast. I mean, uh, but you know, it, it's just a really really cool city with a lot to do. It's deep, rich in sports. The University of Minnesota is right there across the water um, in St. Paul, I believe. And and you've got the St. Paul, uh, you know, Minneapolis area. And there's just so much going on, man. It's just, it's just a really, and they've done a really nice job how they've constructed that kind of that downtown area with a lot of great restaurants and a lot of uh, stuff to do for people 
in an active scene, you know, to go out and run. And they've got those lime scooters all the way. We all, took them. We took yeah, those out for a ride after yeah, the marathon. We went, we went little recovery ride, ride for you after yeah, the marathon. Yeah, little recovery ride on the lime scooter. So it was a great, great time. So uh, we look forward to next year's event. And that, that was really an amazing highlight. I think anytime we get our ambassadors together or alumni together, it's just really, really special. So, And, and one more thing on that. I think it was pretty cool. Um, a lot of the ambassadors were running uh, races after that, New York, you know, and others. So we had some ambassadors doing that. I know me and Chelsea went out for a, a warm-up run for you the day before. I know it's cool going through those races, those runs and those training runs alone. Um, but I think just a little side piece of the benefit or something that came out of that was these runners were able to get together and do a training run together, you know, so they're not just out there, you know, on their own, you know, they're doing it with somebody else that, you know, is doing it pretty much for the same reason. And I thought that was pretty special. It's always fun to get out there and run with somebody else, whether it's fast, slow, or just enjoying the scenery. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. I, I think we always tend to, especially, uh, probably for the majority of the people don't get to run with groups. Right. And I think, uh, you know, running together, uh, is always a lot easier because you have accountability and it also is a lot easier passing the time because you can talk or you have someone there that is going through what you're going through in terms of the actual physical activity. So it's a lot easier to get through that run, um, regardless of the distance or the, or the duration. So yeah, I couldn't agree with you more cause I know it was interesting even for the runners that, like you said, that didn't run that race, that were training for New York or for Chicago, which was the week after, um, a lot of them kind of met up in the morning on Sunday and went for runs and stuff like that, which is really cool to see happen. So it was awesome. Awesome stuff. Can't wait for next year's summit. Number six of the top 10 of 2019. Uh, this was a hard one because I, I, I think, you know, and we'll talk about this at the end of the call, but, you know, this has been an amazing year for us. But we slid into number six was our walk run series and coming off of, you know, really a full, full year of our walk runs in 2018. We made a concerted effort to, you know, redo our runs. They were tremendously successful in 18, and, and that continued into 19 with our Connecticut, our Nebraska, and our Chicago run. And then we also added a New Jersey, a northern New Jersey run. So those runs and that success of that program comes in at number six. And that's been fun to watch as well. I mean, I think everything, a, a recurring theme on all this, on all these top 10 has been, it's been exciting to watch and see from the inside out. Um, you know, the, the 5K series, you know, having it grow to multiple cities now. Um, I think 2020, not to spoil well, anything, it might be yeah. getting a few more cities in there. A couple more. Um, you know, so it's cool to see that, um, that slow, steady growth that eventually who knows where that's going to take off to. Um, the other part that goes along with that was that virtual series that we started, um, you know, briefly in, you know, in for November and, you know, pancreatic cancer awareness month that culminated on pancreatic cancer world, pancreatic cancer awareness day. Um, it was cool to see a lot of other people. Um, I, we had a lot of people internationally, again, piggybacking on the Berlin you know, international flair, you know, that found us on a Facebook page, uh, from somebody we met at, um, I think it was the one of the expos, I think it was Chicago Expo. Um, you know, we met that we met somebody there, and they brought it back to a Facebook page that they have, and just happened to post it in there. And I mean, we had, 
I think 200 participants in this virtual 5k as of today, um, you know, and a lot of international ones that, you know, they just, you know, went out there, did their 5k whenever they needed to do it or wherever they needed to, or, and it was cool to see and all the posts coming in on social media and all the tags that we got, um, you know, so the growth in that has just been amazing. Yeah, you know, and, and I think that virtual series, the other the other one I'll throw in there too, you know, and, and since we're on that virtual series here, that, that kind of goes in with that number six, um, you know, is the Potterhead running guys yeah. as well. So, yeah. you know, that whole walk run program, which we combine all our virtual programs into, and then the Potterhead folks were working with us again in, in 2019, which is uh, amazing to have them back and to support our mission. And, and you know, they had their Time Turner event just recently uh, where you were able to kind of turn back time and, and run, walk, jog, schlag, that uh, virtual event that they had going on was just awesome to see. So um, the future is bright with that whole series from the virtual to the physical walk runs. And we've got exciting news that we'll be launching soon for 2020. So I'm excited to see where that goes in 2020, because uh, I think it's going to be really amazing. And I think a lot of our fans that are listening and a lot of our supporters that um, have supported us through the years will be really excited to see some of the new additions in 2020. So moving on to the top 10, we're halfway home here, Vin, number five. And coming in at number five is the success and growth of our patient financial aid program. And this has kind of been a staple since day one. It's a foundation piece of what we do here. And it's pretty amazing to see the growth of the patient financial aid program over the years. And, and once again, we're going to end the year around 100,000 in terms of uh, patient aid grants paid. Um, I think we have what over... 150 people that will benefit from some sort of yeah, patient aid. It was over 100. It'll be over 150 patients and families that will benefit around the country. Um, so it's pretty amazing to see that. And, and I was just crunching some numbers, Vin. Um, you know, one thing that also goes into the patient aid program is our blanket of hope program. You know, and so that one. Um, is something that, um, you know, is, is really special to see. And, and we just saw, you know, we get these emails. Ah, the one that Marcy just sent yeah. over this morning, yesterday. yesterday. My days are combining yesterday. together. Yeah, yesterday, which was pretty special to see. So uh, for those listening at home, um, if you're not aware of uh, our Blanket of Hope program, but so we offer free blankets to anyone battling pancreatic cancer. Um, it's really a symbol of hope in, in terms of no one fights alone and, and no one should be cold while they're going through chemotherapy treatments or whatever treatments they may be going through to battle pancreatic cancer. So um, this year alone, Vin, I believe I just did some math. We've sent over close to 500 blankets nationwide. So it's pretty uh, wild to see the growth of that program as well. And, and you know, when we, when we put out those uh, social media posts, how many great people, response, yeah, like a huge response, uh, you know, from those posts. And it is, you know, it's one of my favorite programs, you know, that we do. Um, just because we send them out and then the responses that we get from family members, from patients, that's that it made that person's day, you know, when they went to treatment or when they were sitting on the couch, you know, watching TV, just using the blanket or whatever they were doing. Um, it, like you said, it does 
give that person a little bit of hope and a little bit of, you know, a little bit of energy and pick me up that, you know, there's, there's something bigger and there is something else there, you know, for them to, you know, take their mind off whatever they're going through. Yeah, it's pretty special. And I think the one thing just for our audience listening at home, those blankets are for folks that are battling pancreatic cancer and and not just uh, people because we have had people that request them. (laughs) you know, Hey, can I get a blanket? Um, and, and they're not in in the sense that someone just wants a free blanket, but I know some people have asked for blankets because they had a loved one fighting. Um, and I guess that reminds them of a loved one, but you know, the blankets are really designed for those that are fighting pancreatic cancer to, to provide that hope and that comfort while they go through that battle. So it's really special. And and we're excited next year. I think we're going to get better at what we do in the patient aid space in terms of uh, how we process patient aid. And we've got some exciting announcements to make early in 2020, which will hopefully allow us to help more people in 2020 that are, that are fighting pancreatic cancer or that have fought pancreatic cancer. So exciting to see where that program goes in 2020. So we're in the top five. So that came in at number five and coming in at number four, big drum roll here. If we had one, if we man. had one, if we it. had one, but the success of our push pull for PC program, Vin, congratulations on another great Thanks. year yeah. on a record year. This was our most successful year yep. ever with push pull for PC. Yeah, it's, it's been a great year. Um, and again, going back to the ambassadors and, and everybody getting involved and, you know, bringing in new types of gyms. Um, yeah, I know when we first started it, it was really CrossFit specific driven um but i think a focus this year was trying to get into more of the fitness realm and you know get more of the orange theory type gyms or the boot camp barry's boot camp type gyms title boxings um you had an mma gym you would participate this year just getting into a more you know well-rounded you know type program um and i think that that's helped a lot the response this year it has been amazing. I know I feel like I keep ordering shirts because there's more and more registrations coming in. Um, it's a good problem to have. Um, so if you're listening and you haven't received your shirt yet, we, I will be getting those out to you. Um, there's a few more gyms participating this weekend. Um, so I'm just waiting for those gyms to get finished, know what they need to get in terms of shirts, and then I'll be ordering them and we'll get those out to you. So hold on, be patient, we'll get those out. But in terms of numbers, um, you know, this year we had 95 gyms participate, um, register and participate. There's always those few that, you know, participate and don't register. Um, but they do the workout, help us raise awareness. Um, that was up from 65 last year. So, you know, growth on that side, it's, it's great to see. Um, participation wise, registered participants is around, you know, at the end of the day, it's probably going to be around 1200 up from around 900 or so last year and total funds raised. We're going to be around $90,000 this year. Unbelievable. Um, you know, I know I'm, you're still waiting for some matching gifts and you know, some other donations to come in. Like I said, there's two more gyms participating this weekend. Um, you know, so I'm sure there's going to be fundraising is open through the end of the year. So there's going to be more donations and stuff coming in. I'd love to hit that hundred thousand mark. It's going to be a big push, but you know, ninety thousand is up from about sixty-eight last year. So growth on all ends, and I think a lot of that just comes from you know, the, the word of mouth and people starting to understand and realize that we're Project Purple is a organization 
within the fitness world that is, you know, helping with this and, you know, helping those people that are out there that, you know, need the help or just need to get a sweat on and move around and, you know, help remember somebody or just want to do something for a good cause. I think it's fascinating to me, and this is where the difference is between a couple of the programs, you know, in the marathon program, you know, our, our rate in terms of people that are connected to the disease is about 97%. So, that, you know, that's a very motivated, high impacted group of people. Whereas on the push pull side, it, it's not as high, right? I mean, it, it is in terms of like, I think every gym possibly will have one or two people that are impacted by the disease. There's always with every gym we go to, there's at least one or two that have been touched by it. Yeah. But you just see the communities rally around, you know, these events and it's just really inspiring. And I think it's, it's unlike anything else that we really do because, you know, naturally the, the marathon is this big buildup. The walks are somewhat of a buildup um, and you do get more of the connections at the walks. Whereas these fitness events are just really amazing to just see like random strangers just, you know, throw down money, whether it's fundraising to purchase a shirt, just to do the workout and pretty special stuff. I mean, I think, you know, clearly like the last one that the big one that just happened last weekend, you know, and just the picture of there's probably like 60 people there doing the workout and they all did that workout together. And that was, that was, I'm getting goosebumps again. Um, so one of our ambassadors, Gina, was there as well. So if she's listening to this, which I'm sure she will be, you know, she knows, um, you know, how it went down. But, you know, they all got together and, you know, they did the workout. Um, everyone did it at their own pace. It's 20 minutes. Um, and then at the end of the workout, two of the coaches, um, Mark Chuddy and, and the owner of the gym, um, George, um, got everybody together and it was really special to see every single person in that gym did one more round of that, of our workout, which is typically yeah. 20 minutes, 11 <laughs> no pull-ups. Yeah. No one, no one wants to move after no. this. Everybody pretty much lays down, but it's 11 pull-ups, 18 push-ups, three deadlifts and a 200 meter run. Um, everybody got on the pull-up bar at the same time. So all those 60 or so people did their pull-ups, did their ring rows, whatever it was. And they didn't move on until every single person was done. So you were just talking about community and, you know, people coming together. It mimicked a lot of like a marathon, you know, when somebody's struggling through a marathon, there's always that person that comes by, taps you on the back, says it's going to be okay. You can do this. Uh, it really mimicked that. And I told Gina this after the event, it was one of the most emotional events that I've been to just to see that community come together like that. Um, and raise awareness or just come together, you know, for a greater cause. It was, you know, we always say it was, it was really, really special. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, I saw the video from afar on social media and then the picture and I was just like, wow, man, that was so cool. And then you and I talked about it after and, and you mentioned what had happened and I was like, wow, that was really cool. Yeah. So it's pretty special to see that. And uh, I'm excited for 2020 with that program to see it grow and flourish and become more diverse as we get involved. And there's already some things that you listening at home don't know about in terms of, you know, the diversity of the program, you know, in terms of fitness. And, and I think fitness is evolving and, and we've got to kind of evolve in that circle, just like we do with the running and the walking and the biking and, and all those things that happen. So it's going to be really exciting to see 2020, the growth of that program and continue to 
support and help people um, in the fitness community and helping to raise awareness for what we're doing. So, and side note, the 2020 registration site is up and live. So if you want to get in on the calendar early, you know, shoot us an email, contact us, email either me or Dino, The, the website's open, we can register, you know, we can get you involved early in the year. I know last year we had some gyms do it in January, February, so you can do it any day of the year. Love those snowy days, man. Love those snowy days. Makes that 200 meter run so much more worth it. Yeah, and a lot quicker. (laughs) All right, we're moving on. Coming in, now we're in the top three. And and I I thought these were, I I think our number one was pretty obvious. I think when we got into like the top five, I think it was kind of a push. And I think, and what I mean by that is all these could have probably have been, and and the top 10 is always so hard, right? Like I, I think you and I on the fly here made the kind of like a, uh, a game time decision to move one up uh, that we both had in mind here. And um, I think it, you know, it, it becomes very difficult to make these decisions, but um, you know, I think this is the right one. So coming in at number three moment or top 10, uh, but coming in at number three for 2019 was what we all accomplished on world pancreatic cancer day, which was pretty special. This was when you came to me with this idea, I thought you were a little <laughs> bit crazy. Um, but we we had to do it. And, and, you know, I thought about it for maybe a second or two and was like, yeah, it's a great idea. Well, you were just cut. You're, you're a mar- you were still in marathon I was shape. still recovering so, from yeah. hamstrings and being sore. So I was like, ah, why not? Let's, yeah, let's, let's, let's go for this. Yeah. So coming in at number three was our World Pancreatic Cancer Day run, which was on our aerosol treadmill, which was running 46.5 miles all together. Um, originally, I think Vin and I were going to kind of split that up. And then I think just like anything else, that sounds really cool and really fun. People want to <laughs> yeah. be a, a part of it. Yeah. So there was no requirement for the office staff to get involved, but guess what? They are, everyone chipped in. And then we opened it up to some ambassadors and some ambassadors locally came in and we had guests throughout the day. We had survivors, um, local politicians who came in support for us. So it was really, really cool. And and I think the, the kind of the cherry on the top of all this was we launched our patient financial aid program mm-hmm. that morning and, and we ended up, you know, raising, I think almost close to $4,000 just in one day. Uh, and that was for 2020 with a hundred percent of those funds going to patients that are battling. So it was really kind of a special day. I mean, what did it take us about nine, nine hours, 20 minutes, 29, 20 something. Yeah. So, you know, from start to finish, I, I, I was a little, uh, mixed up with the numbers. I thought it would take us a little longer, but, um, you know, it was an awesome day, little cold for spectating because I think we had the room <laughs> chill because we didn't when you know were running, it was not when cold. you were running, it, was it wasn't bad. Yeah. And, and, you know, again, here in new England on a, on a late November day, you could either get like, you know, 70 degrees or you can get like 30 degrees in snow. And I think we were kind of in between that. So, um, it was just a really cool event and something that we did put together really quickly. It was, I was just going to say that it was, Seven I think days? it was if, if not less, yeah. Um, since when you came up with the idea and, and we ended up doing it, it was a fast turnaround. So on that note, I think next year is going to be bigger and better. <laughs> I mean, I'm just throwing that out there now. I don't know. It, this could be an annual event. I, I really do think so. And I, I think, you know, when you're, when you're on a treadmill, I started it and I was on there for quite some time and then I finished it. Um, 
and you guys ended up turning the lights off at the <laughs> end because uh, in our building we have a very big space. Um, it's you know it's, it's very wide open, uh, not in our office but in the building, and we utilize that space. And it was later at night, and it just we had some background lighting, and it just looked really cool. Yeah. Um, but you know, you you kind of, I think anytime you run, for me at least, I tend to zone out. And that's what I love about running and especially being on a treadmill. Uh, and, and for those listening at home, this was a special treadmill. This was not a treadmill that had a motor on it. It is a self-propelled treadmill. So your motion propels the treadmill. And yeah. the crazy thing that day was that treadmill never stopped. Like it kept going. It, like yeah, it, it never, didn't. there was never, even on the transitions, it like was, didn't, it didn't yeah. slow down. It didn't stop. And that um, wasn't a caveat, but it was kind of cool to see that yeah. happen. How everyone was like, all right, don't let this thing stop. And yeah, like there was trans with the transitions, Make the transitions nice and smooth. Yeah. Which was really cool. So, um, you know, I, I think, you know, being on that treadmill for that time, um, you know, really had me thinking about like, how do we do this next year and maybe do it even bring in more treadmills and you know so i'm excited to see where it's going to go yeah. i i can tell the Me audience too. here we will do it how it will look is to be determined we'll have a little bit more planning involved yeah this time. We'll, we'll definitely have more planning involved for it and uh, i'm excited to see it all kind of come together but that came in at the number three for 2019 it was really a, a fun event and a great time and anyone who's ever logged any miles on a treadmill probably can relate to it yeah so moving on number two of the top 10 of 2019, Vin, is the success of our Chicago Marathon team. And this was a hard one because our marathon program, you know, had another record year across the board. But Chicago really was was pretty special this year. And, and ironically, you played part in that. You were part of the Chicago Marathon team. So I know this is probably near and dear to your this heart. Is, this is up there for me. Per, in my personal top 10 for this year, it was, that might be number, uh, number two, probably. One or two. It was. It should be number two because you got married this year. So that, that should be number well, one. Yes, I did. Well, for the folks listening Project at home. Project Purple Wise, too. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Good, good, good catch there. there you go. Good catch there. Um, yeah. Chicago was really special. I mean, first of all, you know, we had our biggest team ever um, in terms of numbers. We had 83 runners and we raised, we're still raising money. There's still some matches coming in, but right now we're just shot. We're just over about 237,000, which was, uh, you know, a record for us, you know, was a big over last year, almost 66% over last year um, in terms of funds raised and over 30% in terms of runners that we had on the team. So huge growth, um, you know, with, with Chicago, which was just amazing. And the day and the weekend, uh, I mean, the weekend was a little iffy because the weather the day before was not great. Weather before was bad. I was a little nervous. Yeah. Being but, that I was running. It, yeah. But, in your first marathon. Yeah. But, um, you know, it was just a special day the morning of. I mean, the weather, I think, could not have been any better, you know, for running in terms of Chicago standards, because there's been some years where it's been really cold and wet. And then there's been years where it's been really hot, but you know, in terms of overall weather, it was, it was perfect for running. I was a little cool for, for spectating, but that's okay. Um, but yeah, it was just an amazing, amazing weekend for us from start to finish. And we had a great time at the expo. We met a lot of new faces and a lot of familiar faces that came up and saw us. And so it was just, 
one of the the largest highlights of the year, in my opinion, just because of what the team was able to do. And I think also too, which was cool with that team was, you know, there were a lot of connections that were forged on that team that, and it's just really special uh, to see that happen. And, you know, from the top fundraiser to, you know, people who had, you know, joined the team first year, you know, and, and families that were engaged and, you know, it was just really, really cool. And clearly we got to spend a lot of time with those folks, you know, from the, the week and being there for, you know, the lunch, the expo, the dinner, and then the after party. Yeah, it, it was really special. And being part of that team, um, I know there were so many email chains going around. And there was just a, so much support on that team um, that it, being a first-time runner, it was, it was encouraging and motivating for me. Um, being scared to run, I know... You, you made that perfectly clear at a lot of the events that, uh, and There's just I pictures was scared. To prove that and there are pictures. I, I was nervous, you know, first time running, but um, I was, I'm, I'm happy I ran that. I'm happy I did that. And I think on our first ever podcast is when you mixed my words and said I was going to run one, <laughs> but um, I'm, I'm glad I went through with it because it just gave me a whole new appreciation um, for our marathon program and to be able to speak about it with people and what that experience is like. Um, so if you haven't run a marathon, if you've never thought about running a marathon, uh, sign up for one and just do it. It, it, from top to bottom, there was nothing that I can say I didn't like about it. It sucked running, but the growth I had and within the organization, you know, within myself, you know, spiritually, religiously, emotionally, whatever, it was amazing. So that was, that was a big, big one for me. And, you know, like you said, the, the growth of the team over the year um, from last year was, was amazing. Yeah, it was pretty wild to see that. And you said something about the communication. I think it was really special. Um, this does happen, um, not on every team, but I, I've seen it happen before. But this year, Chicago was just kind of funny when everyone started, uh, I think there was an email chain about like start times and corrals and just, it was just cool to see everyone communicate with each other. Who was starting what Yeah. I'm in this corral, come back and meet me. It was, yeah. it was, it was special and unique. It was fun. And for me, um, you know, of the marathons we had this year, um, that was the one marathon that I was actually cheering. So it was actually kind of cool for me because uh, I ran New York and I ran Twin Cities. So I wasn't on the cheer zones on either of those two races, which I enjoy immensely doing. So it was kind of special for me and, and probably my favorite um, in terms of, you know, actually being there because uh, the other two experiences were <laughs> were not my best experiences, but they were still amazing experiences, if that makes any sense. So it was, it was great. Uh, Chicago this year was really great. We look forward to next year. Um, and not to say that the rest of the races weren't as great, but I, I think, you know, this is, becomes just a hard thing. And I think just looking, you know, crunching numbers and you just look at the tremendous amount of growth that we had there. And that wasn't the highest year over year. Um, but I think just, you know, in terms of percentage, but if you look at, um, you know, just the, the growth there, I mean, there, the grandma's was really good this year and that was a lot of fun up in Duluth, but Chicago just kind of stuck out uh, in my eyes, you know, and, and takes that number two spot. So number one, number one, big drum roll, please, Sam. We missed that, but, uh, coming in at the number one of 2019 for Project Purple as we look back is the pre-seed meeting that just occurred just recently here um, in New York City. 
And it was pretty special because uh, last year, I think our number one was the gift that we had made to start that. So it's pretty wild to see in one year that our grant of 1.25 million has come through fruition and this thing called the Pre-Seed Consortium for early detection of high-risk patients has become a reality. And we are up to 34 centers. Uh, We had our second meeting in New York City at NYU. Uh, This meeting was a little bit different than last year's meeting. Last year's meeting, there was only a handful of groups that showed up and it was more like, hey, get to know you, where this year was actually like, let's get some stuff done. Um, We've got a database built out. Um, We've got an IRB in place that now these centers are going to start feeding into the database. They're high-risk patient. Um, You know, they're they're folks that are in their high-risk clinics. And so it's just really, really exciting to see this all come to fruition. Yeah. From last year to this year, I know when we announced it last year and in November, uh, you know, when we gave that grant, um, you know, it was a new thing. It was like, where is this going to go? I think with anything... You have those, not questions, but you know, how is this going to pan out type stuff. And to see that growth you know, in, in one year, it's kudos to you and, and kudos to you know, your dedication and what you've done, you know? Um, you know, to see the pictures and everything. I wasn't there this weekend, um, but to see the pictures, the doctors, the physicians, everybody in New York City you know, coming together. And I think the best thing I like about it is that they're all coming together being the key word, um, with one goal at the end of this. Um, and I, I, I forget, I know it's, it was posted somewhere. I think it was to increase the survival rate by 50% to 50%, yeah. um, within 10 years. Um, you know, it's, it's going to take time. It's going to take a lot of hard work, but you know, this is the the foundation of that. And, you know, I, I tell people it's a groundbreaking, you know, program. And I, I truly believe that from what I've learned of it and, you know, everything you've told me about it, it's, this is going to change the face of, you know, pancreatic cancer. And I'm excited to see where it goes uh, and excited to, you know, have more, hopefully you know, more centers get involved at some point and, you know, just, just change this disease in the future. And again, that's, it's kudos to you and your vision and, you know, and our mission is a world without pancreatic cancer. And I think this is, this is the start to that. Yeah, I think it's pre- it's pretty cool to see that. And naturally, there's a lot of work that goes into this, and there's a lot of people that uh, help to get this. And it's not just me, but you know, from the team at NYU and Dr. Diane Simeone, really having the vision from a medical standpoint. Um, you know, in terms of who the players need to be and who needs to get involved and where we need to go with it. Uh, it's been a tremendous partnership that we have with her and, and the team there at NYU, and and then to the 33 other consortium partners. You know, six of them are worldwide or international. I should. Say say. So, you know, this is a worldwide consortium. We've got a group from uh, Sheba Medical in Israel. We've got McGill in Canada. Um, We've got another partner um, in Canada. Um, And then we have a partner in Spain, partner in Germany, and a partner in the UK. So it's pretty amazing to see everyone come together along with the 28 centers uh, here in the United States, uh, trying to put, uh, you know, a dent into this thing, you know, that we've all been 
you know, impacted by and, and trying to fight for a cure and early detection of this high risk group. So it's, it's pretty wild to see. And I, I'm excited to see where it goes in 2020. Cause I think once we get through some hurdles here, um, just naturally, anytime you bring this many groups together, um, I think this thing's going to really run really quick. Um, not to bring a, a, a marathon analogy sure. in here, but, or a fitness analogy, but it's going to be exciting. And, you know, the future is really, really, really bright with this consortium because there's some really, really fantastic, intelligent and brilliant people that are, you know, at this thing to try to find a cure and try to find an early detection protocol. And and the fascinating thing that, that's going to come out of this and, you know, people talk about curative treatments and different treatments, that stuff's going to come out of it. It's going to kind of be like secondary, you know, once we get this thing down to uh, identifying an early detection protocol and early detection test and diagnostics, all this stuff's going to come. It's going to kind of be ancillary to this. So uh, it's pretty exciting. So number one, pre-seed. Number two, Chicago. Three was our World Pancreatic Cancer, 46.5 miles. Four was our push-pull event. Five was our PFA program. Six was our walk, run, and virtual series along with the Potterhead Running Group, uh, their commitment to our mission. Seven was our ambassador summit. Eight was going international with Berlin. Nine was the Five Borough Bike Tour, new events. Number 10 was the success of the podcast. And some of the things that, you know, it's really hard, just like looking back, there were two other things that happened. Um, you know, and you can kind of put, uh, you know, one of them into kind of the pre-seed meeting, which was the Rick Carone fellowship mm -hmm. grant, which was 75,000, which, you know, is going to the university of Chicago medical center. Um, you know, and that's going to help them with their pre-seed consortium stuff. And in terms of helping us, you know, build, help build out that program. And then the other one, you know, was, was a little bit part of, uh, 18 and, and why it didn't make 19 was the facts and law, but that was kind of a carryover, you know, that kind of helped us. Yeah. yeah. That helped us get, uh, you know, our, our 2019 patient financial aid program, which was a, a Facts and Law here in Connecticut donated uh, $10,000 as a matching gift to help us, you know, fund our patient financial aid program. So uh, that was a little bit of a carryover, but huge success. It, it got the year off great and, and really kind of helped us help a lot more people in 2019 for patient financial aid. So, Vin, thank you for once again being a guest and helping me here with this top 10 of 2019. And uh, we look forward to everything that 2020 brings us, but it's been a great 2019. Last, I'll just thank all our listeners at home for listening to the Project Purple podcast. If you love what you hear here, please follow us on SoundCloud or iTunes, subscribe to our podcast, share our podcast with your family and friends and people who love hearing about all things Project Purple and anything inspirational related to pancreatic cancer. Thank you to everyone for allowing us to do what we do. And thank you for giving us the opportunity to have another record year that 2019 has been in terms of fundraising and people that we've helped. And we look forward to another successful and setting more records in 2020. 2020. So with that, that's another wrap of an episode of the Project Purple podcast. Thank you and have a great night.